Well, welcome everyone to the Robin Walters Show here on the Red Sky Radio Network. God bless you. Uh, I am going to start today with a little bit of a rehash of an announcement last week. I thought I said I'll do it twice. I'm not going to do it, of course, every week, but I felt like I needed to do it twice in case some didn't hear last week's program. That we are launching starting this weekend. Um, announced it last week and announced it today and. Uh, it'll be available this weekend, uh, a new series, a companion series to Red Sky Radio called Sunday Morning with Robin Walter. It's going to come out sometime on the weekend. Uh, you'll get it sometime on probably Saturday afternoon, maybe Saturday evening. Could be Sunday morning. I don't know. And some weeks it might not come out. It's uh, We're going to try to do it every week. I can't commit to every week. What's that whole thing? Um Underpromise and overperform. Don't overpromise and underperform. But where this program is full throttled, robust political and culturally motivated commentary, where I'll use scripture where it applies to help direct the conversation, this new program is going to be dominantly ministerial, using a lot of scripture, uh, but using where applicable political and culturally relevant matters to provide application of the scriptures. This is going to be sort of the ministerial side of uh, the end times, dealing with the latter days, how to thrive and how to survive and thrive during the end times, whereas this program is a little bit more Ezekiel Watchman on the wall. Um, The Redcoats are coming, so to speak, to warn people and the Redcoats are here. Uh, the enemy is inside the gates. But that doesn't mean we're going to stop warning you because there be developments that occur as we slip into this morass called uh, a nation that has abandoned God. So you're going to get both programs if you'd like. I've got a email blast list. We'll give people the option. Uh, real quickly, though, the Sunday morning program, as I said, is not a substitute for church. Maybe in a pinch, maybe a Bible study basis. That'll be good. They're gonna they're gonna be shorter, without question. They're going to be shorter than this program, probably around thirty minutes. Um, no set time limit though. They could be as short as fifteen minutes. They could go. Heck, heck, I don't know. I'll try to have titles for each. Understand it is an experiment. If you want to listen to it, uh, there are three ways. You can go to the web uh, webpage, which is robinwalder.net, and you'll have a choice there, uh, the Robin Walter Show, download according to the instructions, or Sunday Morning with Robin Walter, download that one. You pick which one. If you're a podcaster, uh, you're going to have to make another entry. If you've got me on your favorites, which I hope you do, Robin Walter Show, and you've listened enough times when a new program pops out, then it pops up on your podcast. But to get Sunday morning, you'll need to make a new entry into your podcast. And, of course, when that is released, 
it will pop up on your podcast list as well. And so you can listen to it as well, and hopefully you'll have it in your favorites. If you are one of our many and growing list of Rumble listeners, uh, you will pull down both programs. You'll pull down all the programs under the Robin Walter show. Robin Walter's show. It'll pull up both. It'll pull them up, uh, whatever is the most recent. And so if the last thing I did, it got posted as Robin Walter's show. That'll be at the top of the rumble list. If you want the Sunday morning program, it's probably the next one down or who knows. But anyway, they will be in the order of uh, a descending order is how that will be populated. Communication, you email me, redskyradio777 at gmail.com or robinwaltershow at gmail.com. Sunday Morning with Robin Walter will not have a separate email. Those of you who would like to support either one or both of the ministries, we welcome that. Any checks are simply made out to Red Sky Radio, not the Robin Walter Show anymore, and not uh, Sunday Morning. Uh, just, just that's it. You mail it to uh, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. Wickenburg, uh, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, and as I mentioned last week, and I don't want to do this too often, but I'm going to repeat it, another way to support uh, the program is to purchase one of the first two books we have published. Uh, first one, The Rapture Revisited. Finally, A Lawyer Takes a Look at End Time Events. This book is a textbook. It really, truly is. It will arm you in a way to be able to debate and w- win over, hopefully, those people who are stuck in a pre-trib rapture that we're going to get airlifted out of here. Be right when it gets really bad, we'll get out of here because somehow we don't have to suffer anything that generations before us have suffered. No biblical basis for the pre-trib rapture. But that book will arm you, and, stri- and it's an evidentiary. It's written like a lawyer, but in easy-to-read language. In other words, it's a legal argument why you cannot make Scripture say what the pre-trib people says it says say it says i guess the other one are things i've picked up along the way and a few things i should have left behind you can get that book also it's a kind of a chronicle my son calls it a sarcastic and satirical devotional sounds like an oxymoron it's 12 12.95 on amazon i'm sure you will enjoy it i'll let you know amazon keeps three quarters of that revenue, the other, the last three dollars and thirty-eight cents comes back to this ministry. All proceeds from direct contributions or payment from books go into this ministry, one hundred percent. I have not, and have never taken a dime to myself. I earn my income elsewise. Finally, contributions are not tax deductible because if they had, to, if they were tax deductible, I could not say some of the things that need to be said, which are far, far more valuable than a tax deduction. Okay? So here we go. I got that out in about two-thirds of the time that I did last week. I start with good news today. Uh, not much of it, but we got a lot to cover. This program is going to be about mass resistance and the summer of our discontent. Yikes. Well, that's the watchman on the wall component of this program. So... But, but I try to start with good news, and there's good news coming out of, yet again, the state of Florida, one of the best states in the Union, where the Surgeon General there is Joseph Ladapo, or Ladapo, 
I'm not exactly sure how they pronounce it. I only ever read his name a lot. I just never hear it spoken. He said that as the, he said, quote, what do you call reimposing mask policies that have been proven ineffective or restarting lockdowns that are known to cause harm? Well, you don't call it sanity. These terrible policies only work with your cooperation. How about refusing to participate? And that's something. Here's a Surgeon General of Florida encouraging people to simply not comply with a mask mandate, which is coming back. It's already in a few industries. I've heard it's coming back to the airlines in mid-September. Drat. I got to fly. I'll try to fake it like I usually fake it on the airlines where I have it. I have the, I have the mask cover the half of my mouth that's the closest to the aisle so that the uh, flight attendants can't see the other half of my mouth where I'm breathing vigorously, not through a mask, which have been proven to be ineffective, detrimental to your physical health, your oral health, actually your mental health. We know none of this crap works, uh, and we're going to be having to resist it. If you have any brains, you will resist it, unless you just want to go along with the crowd. Next piece of good news. Um, I have to tell you, I'm thrilled about this. Donald Trump come out has come out and said, without question, without question, Vivek Ramaswamy won the debate. And I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I haven't done it. I, I have not contributed financially to a campaign in a really, really long time. And the reason I don't is that to to put this program on, I invariably spend a fair amount of my own money. Don't get me wrong. I am thrilled with the contributions that come in, and they help offset some of the cost. Not all of it, but some of it. And so when I have somebody I like, somebody I actually support and endorse on the air, then I'm already spending money to help their campaign more than my 100 bucks would, would do. However... However, this week, I haven't done it yet, but I am planning to contribute to the campaign of Donald Trump and Vivek Ramaswamy. I want him to be the VP candidate, and if Trump somehow doesn't survive it, at least with what I know, I want him to be the Republican candidate. And, um, and you know, I, I, you can tell sometimes who your friends are uh, or tell whether a person would be likely a friend by the nature of the people that are attacking that person. So who is trying to bury Ramaswamy? Chris Christie, who I've got no use for. Yeah, he's, he does two things well. He's a good debater, and his imitation of a beached whale is fabulous. And then Nikki Haley, who hates men. Well, that was clear from the debate. Goodness sakes. And they both went after him. They wouldn't go after him if he was a nothing. They didn't go after Asa Hutchinson, did they? No. Because Asa Hutchinson is a nothing. They didn't go after Governor Borgham of North Dakota because he's a nothing. Those guys pose no threat at all. They went after Ramaswamy. And now Christie and Haley have become the darlings of left-wing media. 
Christie's showing, doesn't this tell you something? He's showing up on CNN, and so is Haley on, I think, on MSNBC. And why? Because even the left-wing media is afraid of Vivek Ramaswamy because he's a successful entrepreneur, and he's an outsider. They say, oh, he has no political experience. That's one of the reasons he's good, because he's got a one-word campaign slogan, truth. Does he make mistakes? Of course he has. He does, and he has, and he will continue to make mistakes. But Ronald Reagan was an outsider, not a politician. Well, I guess he was at the gubernatorial level, but he was an outsider to Washington. Trump, the consummate outsider. So you see, the left is so afraid of Ramaswamy, they've got to bring in other, they've got to bring rhinos in who they never have on their program to help bash him to try to kill it before he spreads. And so far, it's been somewhat effective because actually his, uh, his poll numbers are dipping again after they've taken off in a meteoric sense. I just hope that they can be resurrected with the next debate. See, if the left, if the left hates Ramaswamy and they've got to pull in rhinos to beat him up, that tells me he's on to something. He's a good guy. He's the only one Trump endorsed, if you will, out of that debate. I'm a Trump guy and a Ramaswamy guy. Okay. Now, interestingly, you know what? I'm just going to, I got to quote him. Um, and, and I'm going to. I'm going to back off on him, give more time to back to Trump and the election starting maybe next week. But uh, this is just amazing. Uh, this is Ramaswamy says, you know, what I say is the truth. And that threatens the neocon establishment. And they came for me in this debate. My position that I will pardon Donald Trump that I will pardon peaceful J6 protesters. These are things that the Republicans would rather not talk about and sweep under the rug, especially establishment Republicans. They'd rather dance around these issues along with dancing around climate change, which is a complete hoax. So I want to tell you, some of the people who have drawn a negative opinion of Ramaswamy are actually the ones who never watch the debate. They just see a couple of little clips and have drawn a conclusion. I mean, you, you, you can't do that. I mean, unless you just want to come up with a wrong conclusion. He goes on to say, climate change. It came up on the debate stage and everybody else danced around it and talks about time horizons and clean energy. But my answer, I said, what transition? Climate change in the agenda specifically of the climate movement is a hoax. Let's call it out for what it is. More people are dying of bad policies in response to climate change than of climate change itself. This threatens the establishment in both parties in the sense that it smokes out some real differences that we have in our GOP. I'm coming in from the outside. That's the real threat to the reigning incumbents and the reigning establishment model of thinking in foreign policy and climate change policy, even domestic policy in the United States of America. But I think that I do represent 
what most people in the Republican base really want. That is why I would expect to be the nominee. That is why I expect to be the next president. And I do think it will take an outsider with an independent vision to actually get that done. Wow. He went on. I'm going to conclude with this. He says, my view in this whole campaign is that I would rather... I just got to stop here. This is just one of the reasons I love this guy, because this is how I preach when I get in a church. Whether they believe me or not is up to them. I've had people walk out on my on my messages, and I really don't care if I'm doing what I believe God has called me to do, and that is speak the truth. If the truth is an inconvenient truth to the parishioner, so be it. But this is why I love him. And I think he and Trump would be a great... He's just Trump 2.0, a younger version, two generations down. My view in this whole campaign is I would rather speak the truth speak my true convictions and lose the election than to play some careful political uh, snakes and ladders. And that's what everyone in the professional political establishment does. The truth. How about that? One last thing on the debate, and then i got to move on. we got a lot to cover. And it's Joey Cornpop, no brains, I'm your left-wing puppet, Biden... How he responds. This guy's such a hypocrite. He's He combines the worst of the left. He's half hypocrite and half liar. Sometimes he's always hypocrite. Well, actually, he's mostly always liar, too. So they kind of, kind of a conflation of it. So the only question that was asked of the whole group at the debate was this. If Donald Trump was the um, nominee, would you support him? And Ramaswamy's hand went right up enthusiastically. And then uh, Ron DeSantis looks around and then slowly raises his hand, wanting to see if there's any comfort level. Mike Pence looks at Ramos, uh, looks at uh, DeSantis to see if he's lifting his hand. And I, and I said Pence did not uh, raise his hand. I guess actually he did sort of an anemic, limpy, wimpy way <clears throat> because he had to see what others were doing, see if it was safe to come out of his rabbit hole. But then what Biden said about the debate. What did Biden say that the, that the debate questions were? You see, this is what happens when you listen to the nothing but the alphabet news media. So Biden's questions, and he said he's quoting what went on at the debate. He said that the moderates, moderates quote, raise your hand if you'll ban abortion. Raise your hand if if you'll cut Social Security. Raise your hand if you're a climate denier. Raise your hand if you're going to support Trump. Only one of those four things was true. But this is what the devil does. And, and, and Biden is demonically possessed. I've seen everything come out of his mouth except the Linda Blair green slime and puke from The Exorcist. Tells you how old I am. I saw that movie when it came out. But that's what the devil does. He mixes a tiny little bit of truth with a bunch of lies. That's the only part that was true. Raise your hand if you're going to support Trump. All the others, raise your hand if you're going to cut Social Security. Raise your hand if you support abortion. Raise your hand if you're a climate denier. And he's saying everybody raise their hands. He's a consummate profligate liar that lies out of every orifice 
of his body. I've excluded no part of the body and all of that. Okay, moving along. I hate covering this next topic. I hate it. I hate having to cover anything about COVID. But it's coming back, and why is it called? It's called, what's the name of this new virus? COVID, election COVID 2.0. Bring it around in time for the election so they can shut it down, make sure they can steal another one. My goodness sakes. I mean, it is just, it's it's COVID 2.0, but it's really election interference and election theft 2.0. If you are planning to get another booster, you should not even be voting. I mean, was it the NAACP that said the mind is a terrible thing to waste? If you're going to go out and get another booster, if you're going to believe these pack of liars who've been wrong on everything involving COVID, oh, you get the shot, you're safe. No. You know, you get a booster, you'd be safe. No. Joe Biden has had five shots, and he's gotten COVID twice. If you, if you get this and all the boosters, you won't be harmed. There's no side effects, tons of side effects, people with all kinds of problems, people dropping dead from ages 12 up to 30, particularly, particularly men are dropping like flies all over the place. People who are really dying of COVID today are ones who've already been vaccinated and get it again. That's their biggest risk category. Have you had the, the vax? Then you better not get COVID again because you're, you may, the, what, the jab, the stab may put you on the slab. I mean, goodness sakes, this is, and, and even Biden comes out and says, now that he's seeking $1.4 billion for more shots, TSA, Border Patrol, they're going to have to start taking them and uh, doing the mask mandates. They're going to have to take the shots to keep their job. It is time for mass resistance. There are all kinds of times when people had to learn the hard way. Peter denied Jesus, right? One time. Did he get a second chance to deny him? Yes, he did. Did he fail that test? No, he didn't. There weren't two bites at the apple. Once he learned his mistake, now he's got to own, own up. And so we got a new a Fauci replacement. So Tony, Tony Fauci and the Fauciistas are gone, but we got this gal, Jean... Uh, Marazzo, I believe her name, staunch advocate for masks, for lockdowns, vaccine mandates, 1.4 billion Joey Corn Pop wants to support the def- development of a new generation of tools and technologies to protect against COVID-19 for years to come. Meaning, we are planning stuff to control you for years to come. If you don't resist you're an idiot. I'm sorry. You are. I cannot believe that at this point anybody would be so dense as to go out and voluntarily take this next round of COVID 2.0 election interference boosters. Again, I don't. I you know what? I just. It's just hard for me to imagine. And the fact is, the CDC admits the first ones didn't really work. They now have admitted there's all kinds of ramifications and side effects that are detrimental. What they haven't admitted is that they lied and covered it up. 
but they did lie and cover it up. And even Joey Cornpop, no brains, I'm your left-wing puppet, Biden admits that it doesn't work. How do, how do we know? In his announcement of requesting more funding, he said, we need to develop a new COVID vaccine that works. Did you hear that? So let me ask you, Joey. If you're saying and demanding $1.4 billion for a new vaccine that works, why would you be asking for something that works if the previous one had worked? Isn't that a, a, a stark admission that the first one didn't work, that you're now asking for a vaccine that works? Goodness sakes. See, he doesn't even realize his own stupidity or hypocrisy. And he's going on to say, it's uh, recommended that everybody will get it no matter whether they've gotten it before or not. Why? Because they want to control you. Maybe they do really want to kill us. Of all the people, what? We got 120,000 people that have croaked in the U.S. alone from the vaccine. It is complete nonsense. Um, you know what? I got to skip this next story. Uh, I mean, other than just simply to say, we have been told over and over again to trust the science. They keep saying it. Well, the science was all false. Why? Because it was a lie. There was no science. Well, I take that back. There was science in the last COVID world. It's called political science. I know all about it. I was a poli sci major. In college, I know about political science. That's what it was. But with the benefit of hindsight and lessons learned from the disastrous and oppressive COVID policies, you're quoting World Net Daily, during the initial pandemic, the difference today is that there is an army of highly informed skeptics skilled at debunking establishment narratives that are ready to mobilize against a rebirth of government and corporate coercion and misinformation. So says Peter LaBarbera. Thank you, Peter. So accurately said what we have. You know, it's interesting because you go to a school, any time in the last 20 years you go to an elementary school or a secondary school, they'll say, we're teaching, we're teaching critical thinking, critical thinking. Well, what's interesting is these people grow up and go to the government, and what's critical is their lack of thinking. All right? Another reason for more mass resistance. We are now up to 1,609. Remember that number, 1,609 climate scientists who said there is no climate emergency. And that the emergency portion of this has been debunked. This includes Nobel Prize winners that are included in the 1,609 scientists that are saying, this is crap. There may be, there may be some degree of consequence from carbon tra trapping, but it is no climate emergency. They put out a paper that said they strongly oppose the harmful and unrealistic net zero CO2 policies that climate emergency activists are claiming 
is needed. All of which 1,609 scientists and the Nobel Prize, Prize winners claim, or not claim, but prove that the only correct person on the stage at last week's debate was Vivek Ramaswamy. He's more correct on this than Donald Trump is. So we, and so there's just this hysteria. This group is the Global Climate Intelligence Group, known as Clintel, which urges climate science should be less political. Climate policies need to actually be scientific. Quote, scientists should openly address uncertainties and exaggerations in their predictions of global warming, while the politicians should dispassionately count the real costs as well as the imagined benefits of policy measures. I will add my own two cents worth to this. Is that if they can't be honest, then they need to shut up, because Clintel goes on to say that misguided climate science has metastasized into massive shock journalistic pseudoscience. That's right. So the uh, New York Times said, uh, the Earth is likely to cross a critical threshold for global warming within the next 10 years. Problem is, they said that 20 years ago. Al Gore said in 2009 that the Arctic would be ice-free by 2013. Oh, my gosh. What a pack of liars. Uh, don't go away. This is Robin Walter with Red Sky Radio and the Robin Walter Show. We'll be right back. The Robin Walter Show is a listener-supported program. Your contribution goes to help as many people as possible to hear that the Word of God has answers to help you survive and even thrive in the dark days ahead in this country. We pledge to bring you the critical information you need to make informed decisions in this age where big tech and big media have conspired to rid our country of everything Christian. Please send your support to Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. That's Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. Thank you. We're back. This is Robin Walter, the Robin Walter Show on the Red Sky Radio Network. One more thing on about the whole climate crapola leading to the need for mass resistance, whether it's COVID, whether it's the emergency orders are going to come down from the fake hoax, the, the not a fake hoax, the hoax, the fake climate change crisis, comes again out of Maui. I'll tell you, this, this brain-dead state of Hawaii, so you're being unfair against the Hawaiians. No, I'm not. It's the Hawaiians who vote for these morons, like Josh Green, the governor who is a loser. The city of Lahaina, they're losers. 
all the things that have failed, you've read about them, all the things that they could have done that they didn't do, a mass disaster on multiple levels, all coming down to a government that to try to cover their sorry tush has to blame it on climate change. But it hasn't stopped there. Now the global warming circus, which seems to appear 52 weeks a year in Hawaii, has added another cause to the fire. It's not only climate crisis, it's also, this is from the Office of Hawaiian Affairs, blames the fires on the climate crisis and colonialism. Colonialism. Well, wait a second. Colonialism, if it occurred, it occurred decades, hundreds of years ago. Hundreds of years ago. I mean, goodness sakes, they've been a state for 70 years. So the climate crisis and colonialism. Try to put those two together. They're oil and water. They don't fit. They don't have any connection with each other. Because I'm sorry, too many of uh, the majority of Hawaiians are simply too stupid to vote for people with intelligence and integrity and morals. They started with a climate crisis because that's what their loser governor said. But now they're ticked off because they're not getting help from the federal government the way they would like. So now part of the cause is colonialism. Well, this is interesting what I'm going to share with you here in a minute. There are these thoughts and these theories about maybe the fire was intentional. Maybe the, uh, the, the, the powers that would be were ordered to let things burn. I don't know. That sounds pretty crazy. I can't say. But I can respond to this argument about colonialism. And what I find intriguing about this is, of course, they're supposedly white colonialists, is that there is a person who started up buying, started, uh, his, how do I, I didn't even say that right, a person who has been buying land in and around Lahaina on Maui for some time now. This person now owns over 1,000 acres, in other words, the brush land and some homes, another thing. That colonialist who's come in and has taken over and occupied it, a large portion of it anyway, by the name of Oprah Winfrey. So isn't that a real amazing thing? We have a black colonialist. And I'm, I should add that none, zero, nada, zilch of Oprah's properties burned. Only everybody else. The, the, the native slugs, or however she looks at them, Oh, gosh, you know, i got to skip this next. Well, no, I can't. Oregon, which is simply a suburb of California. Washington be a little more distant suburb. Uh, they're planning to tax EV owners based on the miles that they drive to help pay for roads. However, instead of just tracking miles or checking in it once a year and showing them your Odometer, and then you pay a tax based on how many miles you've covered since the last time. They're insisting that your cars have a GPS system so that they can track you directly, which not only means they track your miles. Oh, yes, Oregon gets to track where you're going, how often you go, 
and where you go. Isn't that interesting? They'll know how many times you went to church with a GPS system. There is absolutely zero necessity for the, uh, for the use of a GPS to track how many miles you've traveled. There's other easier ways to do it. The GPS tells them everything they want to know so they can start controlling where you go, when you go, how often you go. My thought here is simple. Uh, we have one car that next year will be a classic. It's 24 years old right now. 25 is a classic. I said to my wife, we've got to keep this car because it's not GPS sensitive. There's no GPS on this car. And maybe, just maybe, this is finally my excuse to dip into my retirement and buy that classic Mustang or GTO convertible that I have coveted and lusted for my entire life but have not been able to afford. But now I can justify it because it's not GPS trackable. Oh, boy. Back to school. You know, it used to be about getting new clothes, maybe binders, pens, graphing calculator, back-to-school supplies. Not anymore. It's that, and now the schools are telling the parents that they, the children need to be to have other supplies when they come to school to include condoms, spermicide, contraceptive sponges, greater access to birth control pills, which they can now uh, get through the mail because the uh, FDA fast-tracked, because of the Dobbs decision, fast-tracked access to abortion pills. Oh, yeah, but it doesn't add, oh, IUDs, they're in there. Implants, they're in there. Fentanyl testing strips coming with Narcan. Um, mental health suggestions. School is not safe at any speed anymore. To loosely quote Ralph Nader talking about Corvairs. And then we move over to California Bill 596, which is designed to smear parents, target parents who object to anything said at school board meetings. Right. To make it a misdemeanor for any parent, guardian, or other person to cause substantial disorder at a public or charter school board meeting. Uh, to, Bill aims to criminalize parents and scare them into silence. Quote here, criminalizing content and dissent local school districts manufactures false accusations of disorderly conduct when it's simply covered by the First Amendment, when concerned parents exercise their constitutional rights and speak up against woke indoctrination. The bill is shamelessly intended to target, intimidate, and smear parents and local community members advocating for better education, accountability, and transparency, a misdemeanor to cause substantial disorder. This is so patently unconstitutional because they don't identify what is substantial. We move on to Alvin Bragg. doesn't have anything to brag about, the prosecutor, attorney in New York City, 
who has now been revealed and pulled up from a, a, a speech quoting him during his campaign that racial equity is needed to be a priority, who no longer believes that simple thievery should be prosecuted as it is a crime of poverty. And poverty should not be criminalized. Come on, Alvin. The mind is a terrible thing to waste. Join the NAACP. Learn something about this. Now, we know Bragg is not exactly a mental giant. So since the majority of thieves steal to support drug habits, what Alvin Bragg is saying and the Democrats supporting him is that because... They have impoverished themselves, these crackheads, cocaine and heroin addicts, like Hunter Biden, and etc. They get to rob stores blind. There's no consequence in Alvin Bragg's mind to stealing because it's a crime of poverty and poverty shouldn't be a crime, regardless of why the person is stealing. Next, top U.S. doctor group, also known as the American Medical Association. The next time I'm going to that doctor, I'm going to ask him, are you a member of the American Medical Association, the AMA? And he said, yes. And I had to tell him, I said, why are you still a member? Because the group has now come out. The doctors we trust supposedly taking the Hippocratic Oath, do no harm. But they've taken the hypocritical oath. They have come out not only in support of all versions of tranny sex changes and everything that, that really constitutes child abuse for which they should be taken to prison and maybe under extreme cases executed after a fair trial. I have no problem with that. They are suggesting that taxpayers, the AMA, is suggesting that taxpayers fund uterus transplants for men. I'm not kidding. You know, there was this time, and WND points this out, um, that they that the, the pro-aborts, the death cult, would yell out, keep your rosaries off my ovaries. Oh, I thought that was stupid. But now they are demanding and screaming, we demand, we demand your ovaries, women. We're not going to keep our hands off your ovaries anymore. I know he said, keep your rosaries off my ovaries. But now the tranny queers are demanding access to women's ovaries because we're trans women and we have not been born with, well, I can't say the word, the proper body parts. We want to have babies like other women, so we demand access to your ovaries. This is Frankenstein medicine. It absolutely is. This is a horror movie supported by the American Medical Association. The goal and the essence of the latest tranny queer campaign and trans activists have a big ally, as they write now here, in the radical now pro-LGBTQRCUVWXYZ American Medical Association. You think the Republican Party to the rescue? Here's the next one. The California GOP, 
is looking at stripping. There is an answer. There's a finish to the sentence. Don't get excited. Stripping opposition to abortion and queer marriage from the GOP platform in California. One writes, this is a seismic shift, but it's a shift born out of practical necessity. Look at what's happening, not just in California, but much more conservative states, realizing that anti-abortion, this is coming from a loyal law school professor, and anti-same-sex marriage, in other words, if you stand up for life, truth, and righteousness in the American way, are no longer viable, tenable political positions. So the California GOP is not coming out for those things, but they're looking at stripping the opposition to those things, which is the same thing as silence, right? That's silence. And the Word of God says to stand up for those who cannot speak for themselves in the case of all those who are appointed to die. It's actually a sin to not stand up for pro-life. If you think it's not safe, Hey, nobody promised you a safe trip through this world, free of all problems and uh, harassment by the Democrats. Well, the California GOP no longer actively supports traditional family values as a the strong and healthy family unit. And why? Because these neocons, these rhinos, the ones that Trump, to some extent, and Ramaswamy, to a greater extent, want to just barf out of their mouth, get them out of here, are only concerned about winning. That's why I love Ramaswamy's quote. I don't care if I ultimately I win or lose. I don't care if I have to compromise the truth to do that. That's the California GOP. You only got two. You only have two parties in that state anymore. Democrats and Democrat light. That's it. Another one on schools here. Oh, the state of California is demanding, demanding that teachers in the universities, the colleges teach diversity, equity, and inclusion with every single subject. In other words, you got to listen to that crap, California crap, if you want to get an education from a crappy California institution in every single class. Bill Blanken, a physics instructor, physics, he said, I think it's beautiful, he said, tell me, they're suing the state, what is the anti-racist perspective on the atomic mass of boron. I laughed my head off when I read this. What a great quote. What's the anti-racist perspective on the atomic mass of boron? Well, the Californians apparently think, and keep in mind, the majority of California is really screwed up or you wouldn't vote these guys in over and over and over again. I don't, I, you know, the atomic mass of boron, it's, it is a beautiful quote. And the left probably sort of kind of identifies with it because they're trying to think what it is because they, they don't they don't even know what boron is other than they kind of like it, I guess, because it, boron rhymes with moron. That's their point of relationship here. The government is forcing professors 
to teach and push a governmental viewpoint that they don't share. And they impose incomprehensible guidelines. I can't read you these guidelines. I don't have the time. But everyone should just say, screw it, California, and your universities. I mean, it's... uh, and, and let's just move down to L.A. here for a second. Because L.A., the mayor, Karen Bass, has, has raised stupidity to a whole new level. She said, and I am quoting, that the issue of retail theft, I'll read this slowly, so you can absorb the brilliance of California politicians. The issue of retail theft in our city has nothing to do with the lack of consequences for crime. She's saying you could go in and steal. They got the rule, you know, if you steal under 950 bucks, it's a misdemeanor. So guys go into stores and steal places blind and add it up on a calculator. When they get to 949, they go out the store. Put that in the car and come back and steal another 949. This woman is so fundamentally, ridiculously, abysmally brain dead. And California, L.A., Los Angelinos, you you put this put this gal into office. Retail theft has nothing to do with the lack of consequences for the crime. But she said instead, these things are happening because the places they're stealing from make profits. They have profits. In other words, she's expecting that the only... Think this through. If you can get through this crap, the only way and reduction in violent in crime relating to theft is if you have stores that don't make any profit. They're losers. And therefore, then the people doing the stealing have lost their justification for stealing, and they won't, having lost their justification for stealing, they won't steal anymore. I think she's channeling Alvin Bragg's stupidity. Thievery is a crime of poverty, so I'm not going to punish it. What does the Bible say? Whoever steals, let them pay back sevenfold. Sevenfold the price, the value of what they stole. You steal 950 bucks worth of something, what's seven times that? 6,650, kind of do it real. Yeah, I think it is. I'm pretty good in my head with math. Seven, that's how much a guy owes. Even if they got to mortgage his house, he's out on the street. Too bad, so sad. That's what the Bible says. You think God's against poor poor people? No. You don't somebody stealing to feed themselves, there is a there's an admonition in scripture that you take a different approach. But that's not it. These people are just stealing to feed yourself doesn't mean stealing to feed your drug habit, which is about eighty percent of the crime. And where are we? Millions of people now believe. Thirty million people in a very accurate survey, twelve percent of the U.S. population believes that violent force is necessary and justified to keep Donald Trump out of the White House. 
That's right. 12% of the U.S. population is 30 million. It's a broad-based, very accurate survey. This is where we are. The summer of our discontent, we are at the point of a, of a necessity of mass resistance. Know your Bible. You're gonna, I'm going to cover more of this on the uh, Sunday morning program. Know your Bible. Know how to use a firearm. Know when to use it, how to use it, how to clean it. Have your ammo. Because this is where we're coming to. Mass resistance doesn't mean overthrow the government. Mass resistance means you don't do what they say when what they're telling you to do violates the Word of God. Or what they're telling you you can't do violates the Word of God. In the words of Newt Gingrich here, recently he said what we're coming into because all Biden has done has learned that Barack, Barack successfully corrupted the Justice Department. And Hillary taught him that there should be no consequences to breaking the law if you're a Democrat. This is what Joe has learned from Barack Hussein and Hillary Rodham, R-O-T-T-E-M, Clinton. But he concludes, what you're seeing is a desperate attempt across this country, a last-ditch effort by a corrupt machine to destroy their most dangerous opponent in a way that not only breaks the Constitution, but destroys the rule of law and establishes a moment of bitterness which will last a generation or more to overcome. Stop the quote here for a minute. He's talking about the end of the U.S. as we know it. But he finishes this with, quote, this is going to be a horrendous period. And we just need to understand the people who want to control America and dictate to the rest of us will break any law, lie about any topic, and manipulate the system any way that they can. And that includes a lot of the elite news media. Psalm 94.20 foresaw the iniquity in high places and will devise evil by decree. Take a look at that. Psalm 94.20. This is where we are. And, and you know what? I have skipped so many things. Like the, like the, the people who... Um, Gosh, I forgot what state it's in here. They're having to sign a non-disclosure agreement to register their child in elementary school. In other words, nothing. If you want to get into the school, you've got to sign a non-disclosure agreement so you can't say anything about what you hear that your teacher is teaching. This is where we are. We're at an impasse. It's time to vote with your feet. And I will tell you, if we don't have either, or preferably both, but either Trump or Ramaswamy in office, it's toast. It really is. I do not know where this country goes except into a hellhole, which actually reflects and reveals the truth of Scripture, that when a nation departs from God, righteousness will uphold the city and the nation, but wickedness is a reproach. There is no time in Scripture where a nation embarked upon any extended period of wickedness that it didn't get judged. 
Listen to the program Sunday morning with Robin Walter. You'll hear more about this. A little more biblical twist. A little less passionate. No, not less passionate. Just not quite as loud. Sit tall in the saddle, America. Remember, you ride for the brand, the brand of Jesus Christ. God bless you. We'll see you next week.